Alright guys, my name is Nancy Miller and I'm the creator of this podcast. This is my first podcast and this is my creative life. And this will be hopefully a weekly podcast about where I get my inspiration, how I'm working through the process of being a creative illustrator, and also talking to other people who are in the creative industry market. So I had um, an idea to start this because um, I started creating my own illustrations for stationery. I'm a full-time teacher. I currently teach high school 9th through 12th grade. I teach animation and game design. So these were the 10 questions that I came up with, and I'm going to be asking other creative people who work to sell their art or are teachers and how they kind of came about their creative life in their own way. So the first question is, which I kind of answered, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And like I said, I'm a full-time teacher, so a lot of my creative time is based on my nights and weekends and finding that time to really connect with my own creative works, whether it's drawing digitally, making something from, you know, draw, hand drawing, pen and ink. Um, I found that it's been great teaching high school because I, I actually taught elementary school for about eight years. And that was a wonderful place to be in. I really love the kids. I love the teachers that I worked with. Um, but I think I always was kind of complacent in my own personal creative work. And I kind of, I got so much satisfaction from being a visual arts teacher from pre-K through fifth grade. Probably the best students I could ever ask for in the whole world. And I still to this day think it's one of the best places that I could have started my teaching career. Um, but then later on, I just kind of went through a time where I felt like I needed to try to switch it up. You kind of feel like you've hit all the marks and you're doing everything. You've kind of learned everything and I'm always up for a new challenge. So I switched to 9th through 12th grade. They had an opening at a career academy and that's kind of umbrellaed under the CTAE programs, which is technology, um, agriculture, education. And it gives students a chance in high school to kind of figure out what kind of maybe interests they have and they pick a pathway. So I happened to get hired for the animation and game design pathway. And a lot of when I got hired, I guess um, Georgia only just recently started adding this pathway. And when I say a pathway, it's one of the requirements that students in the state of Georgia are required to have in order to graduate. They have to find some actual path of courses that they take and allows them to um, check mark that list for graduation. So mine is animation and game design. It's four classes, intro to digital design and media. The second class is principles of animation. Third class is advanced animation. And the fifth is an animation and game design capstone, which I'm currently teaching now. And we're hopefully going to get into games game design soon. So I'll be probably mentioning that as well in the podcast, but um, I'm also a mom of a 12-year-old son. I'm married, been married for 20 years, and um, I feel very fortunate that I have that support in my life. Um, first, the first real question is, um, I'm going to ask some of my fellow creatives, is describe the first time you really recall making any artwork. First time I recall making any artwork was when I was probably about nine years old. And I had a family tragedy. It was really kind of a rough time. And my aunt gave me a sketchbook. And I started drawing. I think it was a really great outlet for me at that time. Because um, at the time, I mean, I was really grappling with what was going on. And I think this kind of helped me have an escape. So drawing always was something consistent 
and art was consistent throughout my whole life. So I continued to do that. And as I got older, um, you know, just drawing with crayons and pencils. And I still have that sketchbook today. And I even would show my elementary students that this is where I started from. This is where I'm at now. And my high school students, I actually showed my afternoon class my sketchbook and showed, well, I started here. This is where my interest in cartooning and comics. I think every anybody who starts really young, you're you're looking at the comics, you're looking at what you you're visually seeing every day, whether it's cartoons and probably nowadays if people are really watching anime, I, it's, that's very popular with my students nowadays. And you're just copying, you're just that muscle memory of just drawing things over and over and over again. Like for the longest time, I kept drawing horses at that age, horses and um, mice. I would constantly just fill my pages with just these horses, mice, and then um, Garfield, um, Ziggy. So I would draw those all the time. Okay. Um, let's see here. Next question is, what is your favorite art to create? Probably my favorite type of art to create is just drawing. I mean, that's what I always go towards. It's just simple. It's easy. It's handy. And then um, I have a sketchbook and then I use pen and ink to go over my line work. I scan it into the computer and then I will go ahead and digitally paint it in. Um, I really want to get into more making my own custom brushes. I've been using um, the Kyle brushes set and those are great. I love those. They were free when I signed up for my Adobe Creative um, Cloud account. So also I like watercolors a lot. I've been getting back into that. Anything really portable and small because I used to work in pastels and that was wonderful and that was great but everything was so large and when you're a freelance illustrator having things that are that large is really a pain because I would when I'd have a client and I also worked in children's books so I'd go ahead and I'd have to like package and ship and make like foam board like frames for every piece of artwork and it was just such a, a hassle and I think about why I did that and I just felt like oh well that's the way I've done things all the time and and I'm like, that was like crazy. I'd spend $60, $80 on shipping to send out one children's, you know, all the illustrations for one children's book. And now it's just so easy. Just email, FTP, whatever you need to do, you know, um, upload to Dropbox or whatever to send it to a client. And I just think it's crazy that I ever did things like that. Third question is, who are some artists that inspire you? So my favorite artist that I have always tended to gravitate towards is one of my all-time is Richard Scarry. Love his illustrations. When I was a little kid, I was I originally um, immigrated from South Korea to the United States, and you're learning to read and things like that. And I was about four years old, and I always remember Richard Scarry books because he had all those animals and they were just dressed as people and they're like holding an object it says you know there's a cat cooking you know bacon and eggs or something it could be you know um or even a pig cooking bacon and eggs which I didn't really get that one a pig cooking and eating bacon but anyways so everything would be labeled so the it would be like you know frying pan and then it would be like house and then like the kitchen and things like that so I really love that I love Beatrix Potter love her work um, I think that's where I get my real inspiration from animals I love drawing animals all the time um, I still always feel like I struggle with people I wish I'd spend more time 
drawing people, getting that um, proportions correct is something that I feel like I really need to get back to. But I love drawing animals, and I think that's where I get a lot of my inspiration is some of those illustrators that I grew up with, you know, as a kid, reading and looking at their books. And then as I got older and I was in college, um, really loved Chris Van Ellsberg. Always loved the Polar Express, Jumanji. Um, I love his style of drawing. Um, Maurice Sendek, he's great as well. And I, I, when I became a mother, I would read the little bear series to my son. Um, I read a lot of, um, you know, Where the Wild Things Are, um, The Night Kitchen to my son. So those are things that I just have positive memories of reading. Um, the Miss Spider books, those are great too. Um, love those. And I'd read those to my son at night um, before he went to bed. So I, I really love the the essence of those types of illustrations. They almost feel like they kind of harken back to a different time with the line art. And um, kind of the stories are just very sweet. Um, another uh, illustrator that I'm really fan, a fan of is um, William Joyce. I love his color schemes. I love his palettes. I love how, once again, it's that he kind of harkens back to like a different time. I just feel like the color scheme, they just feel like maybe in a little bit of 1920s, you know, um, his Santa Claus um, children's book, you know, that I really love the color palette in that. So that's, those are some of the artists that I currently admire as far as, maybe more of um, art history, you know, I love Art Nouveau, I love uh, textile designer William Morris, uh, I also love um, just that Art Nouveau kind of style of work, um, and I know that's kind of going back and forth, you know, you see it a lot nowadays, but really enjoy those type of artwork. Um, what inspired you to become an artist? So that question, why did I want to be an artist? Probably about in high school, I knew. Like, I kind of dropped out of the feeling of, like, really my academic classes. I'd always done all right. I wasn't, like, the strongest student. I had to really work hard for good grades. It was a lot of studying. And, like, I felt like other family members, like my sisters, like, it all came much more naturally for them. And um, so I kind of struggled as far as, like, reading and writing. That kind of came later, probably in third grade, fourth grade. I got a lot better at it. But then as I went through high school, I tried to figure out ways that I could take more art classes. So what I did is I took zero hour classes, which was a class before school got started and you could actually literally sign up for it and take an academic class. So I started doing that my junior year. Um, then my junior year, I took a correspondence class. I took e economics. Um, I also took a summer school class. So when I did that at that point, and I kind of knew that I really love visual arts, I then spent my senior year, I must have taken six art classes, my senior year, I was in the art room the whole entire time, I was in heaven, and I knew that this was probably the right path for me, so I got so much enjoyment from just drawing, painting, and making things. I had done a little bit of commission work, like my art teacher, he had had some staff members say, well, do you have some students who could do some portrait work, or can they illustrate a book that I need done? So I did some of that kind of work. So I kind of gravitated automatically towards illustration. So with illustration, um, I started looking into schools that were out there. I went one year at my local university. So that was really helpful financially. 
because if I hadn't done that, I would have spent even more money on student loans. I wish I'd done a second year there, but it, it all worked out and I got those paid off. But so then I started looking around and um, SCAD actually had come to my high school or it was, it might not have been a rep. It might have actually been somebody who went to SCAD and they came to speak at my high school and kind of told us about what their experience was like. And I really got sold on the idea of attending SCAD. And so I applied, got in, got a scholarship, went to, moved to Savannah, Georgia. And then I went to SCAD for four years and majored in illustration. At the time, I just was really not very knowledgeable about careers. And, you know, I look back on that. I mean, it was all a great experience, but I, I really wish I'd taken other classes and different dis disciplines because now as I'm older, I'm really interested in a lot of different art areas. Like uh, I've been doing 3D modeling with my students and it is amazing. I, I mean, it's so amazing teaching that. And I wish like back in the day they had a computer art program, but I and Pixar had just come out with like Toy Story and things like that. And I guess I didn't really make the two connections that eventually I'd be really working heavily on the computer and using software and then I would like it. And I think I just was so attached to traditional media, like that idea or concept at that time just seemed very foreign to me. So, and it wasn't until I got into working after I graduated from SCAD and I kind of hopped around, lived in Atlanta, Georgia for a little while, came back um, to the Savannah area. And I worked as a graphic designer, and that's really all on the computer, and I really enjoyed using Photoshop, Illustrator, at the time Quark Express was really big, you know, I even remember when PageMaker was being used for layout, so that kind of dates me, but now, you know, using InDesign and things like that for layout work, so I've really um, gotten into the software, and then when I switched teaching high school, I've just really amazed at the work that my students create in 3D modeling. So we've been using Blender, really like that and enjoy that. I feel like probably if I had it to do over again, I would love to do the illustration, but I would have gotten into maybe some computer art and done some 3D modeling, character development. Um, I do like working collaboratively, so I might have really enjoyed working in some kind of animation studio, some kind of setting like that. So, but yeah. Alright, so next thing is what made me want to become an educator, because I, I will have quite a few people who are in education, probably interviewing, because I, I worked as an art teacher the past eight years, visual arts, kin elementary, pre-K through fifth grade, and now I'm teaching high school, and, uh, and once again, it's still in a visual arts field, so what inspired me was... I did, when I was 19, and I was doing my first year at the local university, Boise State University, I went ahead and I did a, it was with the continuing education department and teaching drawing, and my best friend helped me like co-teach the class, and we ended up doing a drawing, intro to drawing class. I really enjoyed that, so about, you know, jump ahead and I'm in my late 20s, early 30s, and I'm kind of getting kind of at a point where I've been a graphic designer. I worked at a great place, scuba diving, Rodale Scuba Diving Magazine, and I really enjoyed that for about five to six years. 
And then because I think I worked as a graphic designer working primarily with one kind of niche industry and I was doing all these ads and, you know, graphic design work and you just kind of get burned out. You just kind of go like, how can I keep being creative? You know, it's the fifth media kit or this is the hundredth ad I've created for this same client. And I felt like creatively I just wasn't there and I'd kind of done a lot of job hopping like I must have I was always a graphic designer but I was going from one place to the next to the next and I'd had my son around that time and I was like I need to find something where I think it's going to be challenging it's evolving and changing and that I'm continuing to learn and grow and I went back to that point when I was remembered that time when I was 19 and I had taught that drawing class and I had students who were as young as 12 up to mid 50s and I remembered I really enjoyed teaching I really like giving the feedback I like the interaction with students so um, I found that really appealing and so I went back and applied and I went to Armstrong Atlantic State University and I went ahead and did their art education certificate program I was currently working I kept working at scuba diving magazine um, for the first couple classes and then when I knew that I really liked it and then I went ahead and quit my job and then I did about a semester's worth of courses and then I went into student teaching and then I got my first job teaching elementary art. Next question is how do I stay motivated to keep working as a visual artist? Okay, probably I've had a lot of lulls back and forth and I think a lot of it's been just life in general but lately my biggest inspiration I have to say is I would have to say my students that draw a lot in class you know when you have kids who draw constantly and I let it slide I'm probably because I teach animation and you're like really do you want to get on a kid because they're drawing while you're teaching and I go like to me I'm probably just I, I feel like I'm more laid back about that because I'm ultimately your goal is they're they're wanting to hopefully become visual artists or go into a visual arts field so discouraging them from drawing I mean if I feel like they are listening and drawing I'm okay with that because I feel like I do that a lot to myself I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to a vlog and I'll be drawing and sketching away in my studio so I have a lot of uh, more leeway and flexibility where like I've seen other teachers who come in and they automatically find it being rude but I go like well they're visual artists they're they're studying this discipline and a lot of it's drawing so they're just really honing their skills and when you're around a bunch of kids who are just I mean I've got like four or five kids that just constantly draw and it brought me back to that time when I was like in high school and college and I was constantly drawing and making things I just didn't stop and it really motivates you to keep drawing. I was like, oh my gosh, I really need to start drawing. If this student who is, you know, you know, they're, they're just teenagers and you go like, wow, look at their motivation, look at their drive to constantly draw and create, why can't I do that? So I kind of like in 2017, I started going back into just drawing more and I was like doing more drawing, digital art, and I had to figure out what's convenient for me. I think as you have a family, you're a mom, you have a husband, and you have all these other, you know, the work life and everything juggling. You're trying to figure out, well, what's the most convenient technique for me? I had to really kind of boil it down to, like, pastels, it's just too messy, it takes up too much space. I, I just had to put those aside, and then I just went back to, okay, 
drawing pencils, pen and ink, my computer, these things are really flexible, things are small, it's really portable, I can take it with me on the go, so I've kind of, and watercolors, because you can get the smaller tray palettes, and just really small watercolor blocks, you don't even have to stretch the paper, so I've just kind of gone back into what makes it convenient for me to be an artist, so small, working small, scaling it up big, and working on the computer, so that's kind of where I'm at now. So next question, what am I currently working on? I'm currently working on a line of stationery. I've been working on developing that. I've got about five different square cards with different animals on it, have a wreath. Um, and I'll be honest, I mean, I've been really inspired by Instagram. So I was like looking on there and just, I feel like it almost hits you up with some accountability because I feel like I'm kind of like I want to post I want to put new stuff up there I want to see what other people are hashtagging and doing I really got motivated into doing some hand lettering because another artist um, graphic designer Nikita Prokof he does an amazing job with his ambigrams and I just was like oh my gosh I mean I can't do an ambigram I don't think I'm smart enough to do that but I loved his hand lettering and then in turn when I started seeing well who's he following who's he looking at Lisa Klein, Miss um, Eves, and some of these other Instagrammers that are posting their work, the work on there. Um, the, um, the, oh gosh, what's her name? I have to find it. But anyways, like another one was the Home Sweet Home. That, um, that user, I can't remember her actual full name, but great work. And I wanted to start doing hand lettering, doing some watercolor, kind of like, I never really studied graphic design in college. That was another class I really wish I'd taken some graphic design classes because I always feel like I've got a little bit of a insecurity in that area because I'm just like, I never took classes in it. And this is just stuff that I've always picked up working. You know, people just like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's terrible. Why did you do that? And so then we, you learn from the constant kind of slaps on the hands. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That doesn't work. And so I've just learned from doing it professionally. But now it's just kind of like been really fun to get in and seeing this resurgence in hand-done where before I even worked briefly in college as a, maybe it was after college or during college, I briefly worked for a vinyl sign shop and then everybody was doing that 20 years ago everybody just wanted it vinyl cut slap it on there and it looks good and then this resurgence back into hand drawn lettering is just amazing I just love it so all right next thing um where is my favorite place to see art okay my favorite place to see art and once again I think I kind of answered it in the other one. Instagram. I mean, that's probably where my favorite place to just look visually. Pinterest is another one. As an art teacher, I was constantly pinning, creating these boards with all my lessons. And then I've gotten more into, like, just, like, kind of the interaction. Like, it's nice to post to somebody else on Instagram and comment about their work that you admire. And then they come back and check your work. And then they're posting and commenting as well. And I feel like that keeps me motivated and wanting to keep doing more. And I just feel like I'm not all alone as an artist. Because it gets so lonely. I feel like when um, that time span when I was going to um, get my art education certificate and I wasn't like in a workplace, 
I was just doing work. I mean, I went to classes and everything like that, and I was interacting a little bit with my fellow students, but it wasn't like the same cohesive feeling as if you're in a office work environment, and uh, I, I missed it. I was really, like, lonely, and I, at that time, I hadn't really got into social media. I was doing some Facebook and stuff like that, but now, as an artist, I feel like that connection that you have on Instagram and and Facebook. Facebook's been great. I did a closed um, Facebook group and I invited a lot of my friends and they gave me feedback and a lot of good feedback. I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that. I do need to change that. I do need to make those revisions. So that was, that's been the greatest thing. I think um, social media has made it feel a little less lonely as a visual artist that I can still continue to grow. I can still have some, uh, that, that kind of networking and I mean I still I don't think I can ever let go of the teaching because I do like the interaction with the students I do like that I love seeing the work I mean my classroom <laughs> I should say that that's another great place to see because I'm seeing students work in my afternoon class it's like amazing I go like wow you blow me away with your work I love what you're doing I love how you're exploring this if I can't show you um, I've got some students who are really motivated. They'll just go and they'll look. Like, they Google it. They go on YouTube. They'll go search because they know that I don't really come from industry, from an animation. I've never worked as an animator. I've never worked in video game design. Um, mo all of my experience professionally has been in graphic design and illustration. So I've done a little bit of animating um, here and there for maybe, like, you know, my sister-in-law. She has a little company that makes yoga shoes, and I did an animation for her company called Barletics. I mean, that was a great testing point. I still want to do maybe more in that route. I've also done some really simple animations of my illustrations, so I really would like to kind of explore that some more. Um, I want to spend some more time using After Effects and things like that, but yeah, my classroom, that's one of the great places to go and see work. I, I go and I go like, wow, took me all summer to learn how to do this and my students conquer it in like two and a half hours like we got this and we're doing um 3d modeling of a figure and i'm just amazed at how they kind of run with it and i mean um, my afternoon class um they're a little bit more rambunctious but i will say they are a very um, overall creative group of students and i think they kind of challenge me in thinking about um how I look at work and I think like what kind what we think of as being art like I used to be really hardline about the copyright rules and stuff like that but you know these kids get so much enjoyment out of creating drawings of you know I, I go back to my own childhood and go like that was the same stuff that I would do you know they love anime they're constantly drawing it over and over and over again until they're perfecting it you know so if they're Dragon Ball Z fans you know Goku and things like that they're just just hammering away at just that muscle memory and I go back to that thought in my brain like how is that different than when I was a kid and I was drawing Garfield or Ziggy and that satisfaction that you get when you're just compare contrast compare contrast am I getting there am I improving so I um I love that that they are being creative and they're pushing themselves in directions that that I didn't know that they could go in so that's been awesome next question is what is the most indispensable item in your studio my favorite thing in my studio I have to say is 
probably my uh probably my pen pen and ink sets i've been working with my faber castle pit artist pens i have three sets of four they are in black sepia and sangwine i i hope i pronounced that right but they have um four in each set and small fine medium and brush and i was a big fan of brush but now i've been doing everything in my small and fine um, pen sizes, but yeah, I just bought them on Dick Blick. Um, another pen that I really like is uh, Sakura's Jelly Roll in white. It's great for white out, but I also love it on doing reverse, doing white on black paper, and I've been using Astro uh, Bright Black paper and then doing the Jelly Roll pen on top of it. So yeah, I'd say my pen and ink um, sets. And then if I had to throw in another one, my computer, couldn't live without my computer, uh, my iMac, that's my scanner, yeah, my sketchbook. I think that really boils it down. And my pencils, oh, I can't help this. I gotta mention one more time. Um, my favorite pencils, my black wing, Palomino black wing pencils. I researched this. I was looking for better pencils, and I actually saw um, illustrator Jake Parker. He was using them in some of his YouTube videos, and I absolutely like. What is that pencil? Let me go find out about this pencil. So I researched it and I was like, for a while they stopped making these. This was um, a pencil they'd been making um, for quite some time. In the 1990s, they discontinued making it and then people were paying like $40 a pencil. Like Chuck Jones, he would only use the those pencils for drawing and things like that. So really popular with artists. Um, and I use them now all the time because the range of values you're going to get, it's like drawing with butter. Probably my only pet peeve is like you do have to sharpen them a lot, but the quality of the, um, the pencil itself is amazing. You get just rich, rich, dark, you know, graphite marks, and then you go to like just lightly lightly using it and you're getting some of these lighter values so the value range is great so yeah i highly recommend those and you can buy those on amazon um amazon right now okay last question is and this i got from lewis howie's i've been listening to his youtube channel a lot and i love how motivationally inspiration you know he has these guests on here he himself is really um, somebody that I go like, wow, I mean, he's an athlete, but I think the same context, I, I mean, in context of you're an athlete, but you're not, you, you know, athletes and artists, you know, how are the two, somebody who's creative, and I go like, yes, athletes are cr using their body as kind of their creative palette, I would say, and they are honing it and they're that muscle memory and you're constantly working 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 to get that mastery and to be able to push yourself even further and I go like well that's not really that difference for being a visual artist um maybe we're not doing sprints or laps would probably be I would die of a, of like a heart attack because I so out of shape but the thing is it's that muscle memory that constant drawing and really knowing your craft how you're using your tools and those thousands of hours that build into um and I think about some of my students who are athletes and they talk about how difficult it is. I have a student who does pole vaulting and he was like, you know, being able to get there, I just can't imagine how much work and the hours that it takes to get yourself to be suspended on a thin pole and hurl yourself over, um, you know, 
to get over to the other side and I go like you know really it's it's not really that different from being a visual artist so um so anyways moving on I still had the other question it says he always asks Lewis Howe is always at the, at the end of his interviews asked, at the end of your life, you've made all the art that you've wanted and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note you've written with three final truths, what would those truths be? So the first truth I would have to say is, okay, um, I hope that I was a good person. <laughs> I just really tried hard um, that, you know, maybe I didn't leave anything physical but maybe the imprint from the people I've been in touch with they would always maybe you know like the people that I love like my family my friends would be like you know she was a good person she was really I'm so glad I got to know her and that she helped me out in life so I think just having that is a big one and then um being recognized is that I was, I try to be a good teacher, that I try to constantly learn and try to grow as, as a person. And then I try to implement that with my students to inspire them to, to really push themselves to grow and move on in their own um, paths as artists. Uh, last one, third one is, yeah, that I tried to and I, I struggle with this every day is like, you know, did I do enough for my family? Did I try to be a good parent during this time that you're here? And it's, it's hard. I go like, wow, I go like, you know, every day it's like, I think I got that phase, but that hopefully by the end of all the phases that my son goes through, I will be able to say, I didn't do a terrible job, but at the end of it, like, my family and friends say, you know, she was a good person, she was a good egg, so, but that's it, those are the first set of questions that I'll be asking other creatives who have businesses, um, thank you for taking the time to listen, I have no idea who would listen to this, but, um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I will try to post again in the near future. Thanks for your time.